Chapter 9, verses uh, 57 through 62. Uh, join me in prayer. Father, uh, your love amazes me every day. Uh, you're faithful and true to your promises. Um, I ask that you open the eyes and hearts of everyone in this room. Fill this room with your spirit, Lord. Uh, free us from uh, distractions. And uh, help us to focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so what we're going to be discussing today is uh, the three orders uh, that I see in uh, this passage Three orders of being a Christian disciple, disciple of Christ. Um, I want to start with uh, a confession. I'm a sinner, first and foremost. Um, I'm a man that uh, needs to crucify my love for praise every day. I struggle with the same fears um, that I've had over 25 years at the age of 40, mainly looking foolish. Uh, I'm a man who gives in to self-pity, and I feel it quickly uh, whenever I don't get loved the way I want to be loved, or liked the way I want to be liked. I'm a man that... Uh, that's almost never sure about the way I'm using my time. And, so, and because of that, I often have a lot of guilt. I'm uh, slow to respond with compassion, but quick to criticize ideas and people. I, I freeze up emotionally, uh, meaning I don't always feel like loving when I'm tired. Um, and then I find ways to justify it or convince myself that it's somebody else's fault. Um, I love to praise God in church here at TYG, uh, but I have little interest to do that on my own at home, in my living room. It's uh, a big list. I, I'm a man that... Uh, has loved my wife, though imperfect, for 16 years, 20 years together. Because of that, I spent countless uh, hours praying, reading, sitting through discipleship, learning how to love her, the way Christ loves his church, a perfect love. I'm somebody who is not even sure of my motives, like why I'm doing something like Including right now, why? Why am I? Why did I agree to this? Yeah. 
Uh, I've learned to just say yes before I talk myself out of it. Yeah. Um, so why am I telling you all this? It's because it's I'm showing you guys I desperately need Christ. Every day. I need God's grace. Okay? It's not like I'm just telling you from knowledge. It's from experience. I'm witnessing to you guys. Um, tonight's message is, is about discipleship with Christ. Um, you know, discipleship is something that's required of everyone who's justified by faith. This introduction, I, I really want to express that please don't misunderstand this as an invite, as a like a to-do list. Well, if I do all these things, then, uh, then I can get right with God. It's not what it is. You don't earn your own salvation. I've tried. You don't. It's a gift of God through Christ and his work on the cross. Okay? And just to throw it out there, if you don't know what justification is, one of the questions on here, um, I think it's important to discuss that tonight. What, what justification is, it's when God um, declares you righteous. He removes blame, guilt, penalty of sin from you. Okay? Um, when you know that you have a God that's above everything else. Everything else that you try to that you want to prioritize, um, he removes that, and suddenly you want him. Um, eight years ago, I knew of God, didn't hate him. Now he's everything I need. I, I give him the praise. I don't know what happened, or I do know what happened, but I don't know how it happened. The, the, the science part of it, the chemicals, whatever. Okay, uh, So he renews us and gives us desire to follow him. He does. He, he gets all the praise. So if you're here as a believer tonight, um, you should hear this message and be encouraged. Okay? Uh, to, to hear how um, he shapes us. Okay? He shapes us and, and how we should be walking even. We, we should have that, that curiosity. We should have th- those questions. What, what, what do I do? I, I, I remember coming in to this church and, and doing the story of God class. If you guys haven't heard of that, it's Jeff actually leading it right now in our home. Praise God. Um, my wife and I started that, and I had what I considered dumb questions. It's like, uh, if you guys knew Ben Nissen, I was like, hey, Ben, um, do I have to say God bless you when somebody sneezes? Is that like a sin? He's like, what? And, you know, he answered. It's like, Wait, what do you mean? Like, is it a rule? You know, these questions we we have it. The desire is there, and we're and we're here as staff to you know to answer them. And if we don't have the answers, then we have Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so that's if you're here as a believer. If you're here tonight without faith, then these. And these three commands that are listed out in this outline, they should convict you. Especially if you're professing faith in Christ. If you're saying, yeah, I believe. It should convict you of any phoniness that's lying in there. I can't see your hearts. But he can. 
should be disturbed or shaken up. Um, mainly, it, sh- it should show you that for sure you don't measure up to the glory of God. Not without Christ, you don't. So, again, just to clarify, this message is not for you so that you hear it and try harder. But so that you understand to run to Jesus, ask for forgiveness, ask for his mercy. Wipe away that self-righteousness. So if you look at your outlines, there's three points, um, three commands of being a Christian. Being a pilgrim, follow Jesus, and do not look back. But before I, I, um, I actually didn't grab my Bible. <laughs> so, I'm, you know what? Good thing I got a Bible app. Um, I'm going to actually give you a brief summary. Um, make sure I'm ready. Where are we reading at? Uh, Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through uh, 62. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. I actually have more room. I'll put it right here. God's providence. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Um, so, um, so this passage we're about to read through, what, what, what's happening. Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. Um, and to just set, this, set up this conversation um, before verse 57, um, need to know a little bit about what took place. So just before the conversion, uh, a conversation, uh, the apostles had gone out and preached and been very successful. They were um, seeing people come into faith. They were, um, uh, Jesus was performing miracles, casting out demons. Uh, They had a powerful and successful uh, ministry. Uh, And then we see in verse 20 uh, of the same chapter that um, Peter confessed his belief in Jesus as the Son of the living God. Uh, And along with James and John, they had together been witnesses to the transfiguration of Jesus' body and to his glorified body, you know, just just full of light the way he is in heaven. You know, um, can you imagine that? I mean, just uh, the way he exists in heaven is the way they saw him. They witnessed this with their eyes. Uh, after all these things took place, the apostles uh, started to head towards Jerusalem from uh, Galilee. Uh, and as I said so far, their ministry had been successful, but it was, you know, some, in some cases, uh, unchallenged. You know, they had Jesus with them. So, um, and, and, and as they travel to Jerusalem, Jesus knows that what's to come in Jerusalem. He knows that they're going to meet resistance. He knows that he's going to be killed. The apostles don't know this, but Jesus knows. So he starts to talk to them about what being a follower is all about. Because uh, you recall again, they're like over, overly confident in, in some ways. Um, you know, they're walking in the towns, doing miracles. People just believe. They're like, shoot, man, I can do this. <laughs> Sign me up. Walk with Jesus, man. Everything's going good. Um, so I think Jesus is going to uh, bring them back to earth on this. So he starts to explain that being a disciple of his 
means that they uh, need to consider the cost of following him. Because they will share in the suffering. So, uh, Luke chapter 9, 57-62, titled, The Cost of Following Jesus. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, realize that should be followed by prayer. <laughs> uh, I mean, quick prayer, Father, Lord. Yeah, I pray that you use this uh, time together, Lord, and and help uh, just uh, open us up, open us up to your grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, so in verses uh, 57, 58. Uh, disciple says to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus answered him by telling him that foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Kind of a strange response. But, uh, what is he saying? He's, you know, I, I tried to look up um, who this guy, what his name was, what his actual intentions were. Um, we, we don't the truth is, we don't, we don't know, and a lot, there's lots of speculation out there. But uh, what I did read um, was that he probably thought that Jesus was headed to Jerusalem um, and eventually conquer Rome. You know, just to the glory. Yeah, everything's, everything's good. I, I don't know if there's how much truth is in that, um, at least in that thought that he had, but. I think it does help us see what Jesus was wants us to interpret from his response to this man. Uh, so, um, what Jesus wants us to know is that while we walk in this world, in this life, we should not be surprised if we're not welcomed. We shouldn't be surprised. Uh, the first first command that I wrote down in the outline, uh, we are to understand from this passage is that. To be a disciple is to be a pilgrim. What's a pilgrim, you ask? Well, the dictionary defines a pilgrim as a person that makes a journey to a sacred place as an act of religious devotion. Uh, we see this in other religions. Uh, the Muslims, uh, once in their lifetime, they have to go to the Mecca. You know, and if they can't go, they, somebody needs to go in their place. That's, that's how they make... A, a pilgrimage. Okay, the the, the Hindus um, also make a pilgrimage to the Ganges River. Um, it's a, and they need to bathe in it. It's like a, a part of a act of a religious devotion. These are pilgrim pilgrimages uh, that these religions make in their lifetime. Well, Christians are not required to go to any location here on earth as part of their our religion. 
for Christians, uh, our entire lives are a journey. The entire life of a Christian is a pilgrimage that, take, that takes us to our final destination, which is heaven. Some people have understood this passage. I, I was reading that uh, we shouldn't have that disciples shouldn't have homes. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, we shouldn't own homes. We, you know, need to just be on the street or, or you know, preaching all, all, all day, which, hey, uh, maybe. May <laughs> um, but that's that. I, I don't think that's what he's saying here. Um, what Jesus is saying is that Christians shouldn't be sensitive to the idea that this place, the world, is not our final home. We, 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 should, we should feel out of place. Something is different here than the way I'm being led by Christ. This place might be a stop, but it's not our final stop. So as Christians, we're only passing through. So this message, uh, this passage is saying that um, don't allow this place to catch a grip on you. Don't, don't get used to it. Don't let it break you down. I know, you know in my, my job, you know, people, I can have a really good day and then have a bad experience with somebody. That's, that's it catching a grip on me. Suddenly it's like, how did my joy just get robbed that way? Oh, any price. <laughs> that's right. I don't belong here. That's what he's saying. So don't settle here. You only wish uh, wish to serve here while you're here. People need the gospel. People need Christ. Show them it. Whether with your words or just sitting next to them and listening to them. So in order to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have to understand that you're only passing through. Sometimes it's hard. Really hard. Every day is different. Some people have it easy, or at least it looks that way. You're like, man, people like them. He's always saying the right thing, it seems like. People laugh when he tells jokes. Or she. They just slide on through, it looks like. You're like, what am I doing different? But some people have it hard from start to finish. If it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not health, it's money. If it's not money, it's family. Sometimes it's just all of them mixed up. Some people live their entire adult, adult lives in war. You know, war against sin. War against yourself, what you feel like doing. I mean, you can even, even, uh, don't, don't uh, be stirred away because I said adult. I mean, you, you guys even experience these feelings with food. I know I do. <laughs> this is good for me. This is really good, though. Why are we wired that way? You can live really long eating this or live really fast and enjoy a moment. It's war against sin. You know, it's against what we're tempted to do instead of Christ's commands. 
I'm not telling you that you have to eat, you know, broccoli and salmon every day. That's not what I mean. So war, you know, what, what is it? You know, what am I talking about? It's like you think about those that live in Ukraine right now that are living through a war. I mean, I just read, you know, they've been going through it. It's been a few months now. And by the looks of it, it's going to go on for years. I mean, it's taking control. Their entire lives have changed. That's what it is. It's a war against sin. They don't have any control over it. They can't just say, I don't feel like having a war today. <laughs> Hold on, Putin. Time out. <laughs> like, they can't do it. So an entire generation may be affected by war. So, um, so this passage, yeah, it, it, it gets rough. It, it, it can be rough. And, but Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, whether the passage is rough or not, you need to remember it's just the passage. And you're just passing through. So if it's easy for you, don't get too comfortable. And if it's rough, don't get too discouraged because it's only a passage. That's just one command. The second command I wrote down is follow Jesus. In verses 59 and 60, Jesus says, follow me. The man answered him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Ouch. When you first look at that, you're like, why? <laughs> why would you respond that way? It's important to know that Jesus knows our true intentions. He knows our heart. He knows. You know, that's why I, I gave that confession to you guys. He he knows, so I need to let you guys know who he's putting up here. Jesus commands you to commit to following him personally. He says, follow me. See, Christianity is not a set of ideas or, um, or, even, or even about following a set of doctrines. You know, there, are, there are doctrines and ideas, for sure. Uh, but that's not what being a Christian is all about. Bless you. <laughs> it's not about buildings or traditions, or how we do things, how we do stuff. We worship music first, and then the message later. It's not about that. It's not even about historical movements. It's about Jesus. Christ. Christ, the, the living Son of God who has created the world and the Lord of all. That's what being a Christian is all about. So what Jesus is saying is that those who are not committed to him are spiritually dead. And the spiritually dead have plenty of people to see them to their burial. 
So you know the best way um, I can describe spiritually dead? As you think of a, a fruit tree, Pastor Chris just gave us a bunch of plums because this tree is full of abundant and plums. They're really good, by the way. Um, you think of that tree. I don't know what it looks like. I'm sure it's, it's green, it's blossoms, and fruit. Take a chainsaw. I'm just showing my son how to use a chainsaw. <laughs> Cut off a main limb of that, a main branch of that tree. It falls to the floor. You and I would both agree that that tree, that branch is as good as dead. But if you examine that tree, you know, if you go up and say, oh, I need, I need, to, I need proof. You know, at first they look the same. You know, you look at the you look at the tree and it's got it's got uh, green leaves, blossoms, fruit. You look at the branch, green leaves, blossoms, fruit. But you and I both know one of them is dead. <laughs> but if you wait, you wait a day, a week month, a year, eventually that branch is going to just, the leaves will turn brown, fruit will rot, eventually the wind will just you know, blow it away. That's what, um, that's what Jesus means when he says that you're dead walking around if you're not There are a lot of people who are not connected to Jesus uh, through faith letters. And yet they're still walking around. They're having, they're having children, making money, happy, working out, running, jogging. And yet Jesus says, these people are dead. The walking dead. The only difference is Time. Time will eventually show us who you really are. And what Jesus is saying is let the dead people bury the dead people. If you're alive, stick with me. So, disciples um, need to be with Christ. Disciples and discipleship means you need to choose whose side you're on. On the, on the war about what's an impure. Or the war about what's unloving. Or violent. Or dishonest. Whose side are you on? Do you defend what's worldly? Do you defend what's impure? If you do, then how can you say that you're a disciple? Disciples follow Christ. They don't follow the world. And it should be easy to see that, that they don't. They follow Christ because he's alive. 
And only a living Christ can resurrect a living disciple. That is when we, when we die to ourselves. Jesus says that uh, you know one of the major um, holdups you know of a, of, a, of a would-be disciple, somebody who really wants wants it, you know, man, I want, I do want to be a disciple. One, one of the things that, that that holds them back is they can't let go. They can't let go of the spiritually dead. They can't let go of spiritually dead relatives, spiritually dead world, dead friends. You can't. can't let it go. If you want to be a disciple, you have to make up your mind. A disciple of Christ? You want to be with the living Christ, or do you want to be with dead people? It, it is that simple. While difficult. It's that simple. That's the decision we need to make. And make no mistake about this. If you're not united to Christ through faith, you're dead right where you sit. You're as dead as a doorknob. You may be walking around telling jokes, playing Minecraft, whatever. Doesn't have to be Minecraft. Playing games. But you're dead right where you sit. You want to be a disciple of, of Christ? Uh, you have to follow Him in everything you do. So, in our third uh, command, we learn. Um, he says, "Don't look back." You know? Verse sixty-one. Another person says to Jesus, "I'll follow you, Lord." But first, let me say farewell to those at at home. Verse 62, uh, Jesus says to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Discipleship is not something you get into when you're done having fun. It's not like, all right, I guess, when I'm 50. If 50 is old, I don't know. It's only 10 years away from me now. Better be careful with that. That's not what it is, you know. You know, you know, who knows what this man actually even wanted to do? Because he's, he, what, what is he saying? He's saying, well, let me say goodbye to the people at home first. Um, the, the guys, I know I did a shorter version of this devotion. Um, and I want to share it with you guys. When I was in junior high, I got in a lot of trouble, to say the least. You know, I, I drank and smoked weed and got into fights, if I even made it to school. But I cut a lot. And, uh, before my school can even kick me out, my parents were like, oh, moved me to my aunt and uncle's house in Modesto. Um, I think it was a good decision. My uncle taught me a lot, and uh, I think he just had more, more time to spend with me, maybe. But after a few months of behaving, he did a really good job, by the way. Like, this was before, well, I mean, I was 14. I probably wouldn't have had a cell phone anyways. But before social media and things like that, you couldn't, you know, 
But he made sure I went to school really far away from his house so that I couldn't have friends nearby. Uh, he, knew, he knew me. Um, so after a few months of behaving, uh, my uncle asked me, hey, you want to go visit your mom? I'm actually going to head over there uh, to Union City, where, where I lived at the time. Um, I can drop you off in the morning and pick you up at night. Sure. You know, after, after getting there, I said hi to my parents, brothers. Um, didn't take long. Got on the phone, called, called you know, neighborhood friends. Got right back into what I was doing months before that. Drinking, smoking weed. Like, this was one day, a few hours. By the time my uncle came back, I was just so high, I couldn't even, I couldn't even hide it. I was ashamed. I'll never forget the look of betrayal that he had on his face. Like, what just happened? How? I mean, I think back and look at even you guys, my own son, and go, I couldn't even imagine somebody that young. How did you figure that out in, in that short of time? That was one day, though. That's why I bring this up. One day. Let me go back and say goodbye to my friends. What? Jesus knows. Jesus knows. That's what I'm saying. That's what he wants us to know. Some people, um, well, let me say this. Jesus knew and he declared that it wasn't worth putting off discipleship for. It wasn't worth it. I know what he did. Yeah, whatever. Some people put off discipleship because uh, or I'll say, let me back up. Some people put off discipleship, but Jesus says there isn't anything worth putting off discipleship for. So I've been talking a lot about discipleship. What is it? It's not just going to church. It's not just showing up here at TYG. I mean, those things are important. You've got to know who to, who to worship, right, and who to, who to follow and where to find fellowship. It's needed. It's not what it is. Discipleship means you are the church wherever you go. You are, you know the gospel message, you're giving that, you're forgiving. You know who you belong to. The problem with this guy is that is double-mindedness. Uh, this man, he, he loved the world in his old life. and wanted one more taste. One more taste before he could let go. I mean, you see the desires there. There isn't anything worth putting out discipleship for. Don't take that chance. See, discipleship isn't a punishment. It's a privilege. It means making decisions without regret. That's what holds us back. We start hiding Forgetting who I told this lie to, and now, or you know, you're like, I just rather not talk to anybody. Let me just go to a new crowd where they don't know any of my lies. I've been there. Yeah, you, you give up sin. I know. Maybe you don't label it that way, but you gain heaven. It's a pretty good trade-off. I mean, you, you give up doing stupid, foolish things that, that lead to 
um, you know, again, regret and uh, shame, and uh, you abandon the darkness to live in the light, trade lust for love. I'd have love over lust any day. The disciple doesn't look back or, or, or behind because what's ahead is way better than what, than what is behind. It's not a hard decision for me to know which way to walk. I don't just belong to him. I want to be with him. It's not the duty. It's like, no, I need to go where I know that there's life versus death. You know, there's sometimes where I get together uh, with the people, um, you know, talk about the old, old times, whatever. It's like, yeah, man, I used to do this and used to do that. Man, I was bad. I am bad. I was bad. Some of you are probably bad yourself. But I never want to go back to that. I pray to God he doesn't even that I don't even trip back <laughs> like something crazy doesn't happen in that. Again, it's easy to convince myself to do something. I, I always tell my wife, one conversation away, one thought away from being the worst thing I can imagine. That's more so who I was before. Yeah, I never want to do those things again. So I'm too ashamed to even mention some of them. It may, it may even be too inappropriate for this crowd. You see, if what's in this world and in your old life are more important to you or more appealing than Jesus, then it shows that you really don't know him. Maybe you're not fit for the kingdom. I mean, if it's if it really is a struggle, maybe you're not fit for the kingdom. That's what Jesus is saying here. In this passage, um, Jesus and his apostles are walking to Jerusalem, uh, you know, the, the, the physical place. Um, in Judea. 2,000 years later, today, Jesus is still walking with his disciples. That's you, it's me. But our destination is the new Jerusalem, which is heaven, where God lives. Revelation 21, verse 2. That's where we're going. That's what this story is telling us. Jesus walks with his disciples to Jerusalem. But not to be killed. He's walking with us to bring us to where he lives. We can't see him or touch him. But today we do have fellowship with the spirit. Through obedience. We also have fellowship with his word through study. You know, his, his disciples sat with him 
day after day on a mountain or something, and they heard Jesus' words. Well, we have the same. Well, my phone. (laughs) Uh, we, We have those same words. We have them. We have fellowship with with our Lord. And he's speaking to us the very same things that he spoke to them. What's our fellowship with his body? The fullness of his of his church. It's a, it's a way to stay you know a, a way to stay faithful to Jesus, who is the head of, uh, is to be faithful to the church. I've actually been around people who profess to be Christians, profess, profess to be Christ followers even, uh, saying it in that way, and saying, well, you don't need to go to church. Wrong. That's wrong. How can you get rid of the body in which Christ died for? How? How, how does that even work? Community group leader Keith likes to say, left with you and the Bible on your own, you're still left with the sinner. (laughs) Just interpreting the way you want to interpret. You just can't do it. And finally, uh, Jesus teaches us to desire his return. His return. Not to desire our old lives. Again, I don't want my old life to come back. I want Jesus to come back. I want that part to be easier. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm fragile. The, the thoughts that come in in an instant, you know, can steer me away. I want to forget my old life. It's fun as I try to convince myself that they were, but I never want to forget about Christ and what He's done for me. And what he continues to do, and praise God for every moment that I see one of you kids, one of you young adults, you know, sit on that stage and say, yeah, I believe. I believe. I see it. Now, this message is not meant to be something new. It shouldn't be. But it is a reminder that if you want to arrive... In the new Jerusalem, you got to stay with Christ. Stay with Jesus. Trust him. Follow his commands. For those that, if this is new, and are thinking about becoming Christians, or um, those thoughts are in your mind, and perhaps repentance by God's grace comes over you, baptism, then this message is not a reminder. It's a warning. And if you begin to walk with Christ, or if you begin to again walk with Christ, perhaps, that the Lord has certain demands on you. If you're willing to follow him, willing to give in to his commands, he will enable you to follow him. You can see that in John, uh, book of John, chapter 16, 17 and 18. He gives you a helper. Literally. He'll give you the strength that you need to say no to yourself. 
to help you discern the thoughts of, should I? Should I do that? But if you're not willing, you can be sure he won't substitute his will for yours. If you don't want to be his disciple, he'll allow you not to be his disciple. encourage you guys um, tonight be his disciple or return to being a faithful one as as I close I encourage you guys to discuss these topics in in your groups don't be afraid to open up don't be afraid to talk about what's in your way where do you need Christ Confession. Why am I even afraid to do that? Close this in prayer. Father, your kindness has no limits. And your mercy overflows us. You're not stingy with your grace, or uh, nothing surprises you about us. You love us. Father, I ask that you help those who are struggling here tonight. Uh, When their hearts are heavy, lift them up through your good name. Thank you that the name of Jesus has power. You sight the blind. Helps us. Help us to turn to you with every trial that we face. Help us to believe in the design that you created in us to be filled by Christ, to be filled by Jesus with every want and need. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.